Welcome to Financial Planning for Oil and Gas Professionals, hosted by certified financial planners Justin Brownlee and Jared Machen of Brownlee Wealth Management. The only podcast dedicated to those of you in the oil and gas profession to help you optimize investments, lower future taxes, and grow your wealth. Learn more and subscribe today at brownleewealthmanagement.com. back to another episode of FPOG, Financial Planning for Oil and Gas Professionals. This week on the podcast, you'll notice this is episode 50. So we wanted to do something a little bit special. Uh, We haven't talked about what we're doing here at FPOG, what we're doing with Brownlee Wealth Management. And so we wanted to just give you an update. Where have we been? Where are we at? Uh, What are we as a firm thinking? Where do we want Brownlee Wealth Management to go? Where do we want FPOG to go? Uh, so a couple big updates on our end. We are now SEC registered. So we were a state registered investment firm with the state of Texas, uh, but we have passed 100 million in assets that we manage, which, which means that we are now an SEC registered firm, the Securities and Exchange Commission. Uh, we currently manage about 185 million in client assets. And uh, we advise on a a number that's uh, even higher than that. Um, But what I want to do is kick it over to you, Jared, and let's just start with where have we been? So 50 podcasts. Uh, what What does that look like? Hats off to us because I don't know what the data says, but the average podcast usually lasts, it's about less than five. For anybody who makes a podcast, they do they do about five and then kind of give up. So we're halfway to 100, which is great. Started this a little over a year and a half ago, and we have 3,200 downloads. Uh, So feeling pretty good, starting to get momentum. Uh, For a small podcast like ours, it's definitely growing a little bit. Um, The the listeners in the early episodes weren't as good as they are now, but it's really compounding and growing. Uh, Our YouTube channel has about 1,400 views uh, across all the videos and hundreds of hours of watch time. Uh, and Justin, I think the big data point, like you said, was $185 million in assets under management in less than four years, uh, working with approximately 50, 50 households in several different businesses. So <clears throat> Justin, my question for you there is like, all of this data, are you, are you surprised by these numbers or was this about what you expected when you started the firm uh, almost four years ago? I would say I'm definitely surprised and, you know, I'll kind of go point by point. So very surprised at the growth of assets that we manage. Um, you know, I think it it was a little bit of a 10 year dream to hit 100 million. Um, and so that's kind of a big, big milestone. And, you know, I mentioned this at the beginning, but 100 million is the mark that you go from being registered with whatever state you're located in as an investment firm to the SEC. And so that was a milestone that, you know, the thought was, well, let's work hard. Let's put our nose down and maybe in 10 years we'll be there. Uh, so to be at, you know, the point we're at today is is certainly exciting and just really thankful and, and grateful to be at this at this stage. Uh, you know, Jared, I think one of my other surprises. So you mentioned we have thousands of podcast downloads um, and you and I have talked about this a lot, especially when we started the podcast. But we've got some really specific episodes, right? And so, you know, I think, and I think everyone listening to this would be able to agree with this statement. This podcast has such little relevance for, I don't know, 98% of the world, right? Um, 
if you are not, you know, in oil and gas and, and interested in investments, tax, estate planning, and financial planning in general, uh, well, you're probably not going to be interested in this podcast. And so, Jared, that's something you and I talked about from the beginning. We wanted to produce really helpful content, and we wanted to try to produce specific content. Um, and so maybe half of our episodes might be relevant for anyone that you know has assets that need to be managed, for anyone that has a, a lot of income and complexity on their tax return or has a lot of moving parts with their estate plan. So maybe half of our episodes are, are relevant for anyone who just has financial planning, wealth management needs. But the other half of our episodes, well, they're probably only relevant if you own ultra low basis stock in your 401k and you're trying to figure out how to NUA it, coordinate it with your charitable giving and your next 10 years of income and tax returns, uh, right? And so we do have a lot of really specific content and we started this with the idea that Hey, it's okay if we don't have that many listeners. Uh, we're not we're not trying to be you know the Joe Rogan uh, show here. So I'm I'm definitely surprised all across the board in a in a pleasant way. Yeah, I am as well. And I just want to take a brief sec to thank everyone who's been on the journey, whether you've been a listener or newsletter subscriber, or even entrusted us uh, as a client of the firm. We're really grateful. Um, and these numbers are a reflection of your trust in us, and so we're re- we're really appreciative and. Uh, we realize, you know, that we're a young firm and that it, it, there's some perceived risk in joining uh, two people where we're a three person team where we're younger. We don't have a big household name brand. Uh, just just a really fundamental belief in providing high levels, levels of service, making costs reasonable and and doing really good work that is specialized. And so. Uh, we appreciate the people that have come on board thus far and kind of proven this concept, because, Justin, you really started this firm with a dream of. Uh, kind of providing these things early on, but just ha- with having no idea how, how it's how it was going to work out in the real world. So the reception we've gotten uh, with this, you know, based on these metrics, has been really good. So that's kind of like where we're at today, right? Just kind of like some good some good numbers. But I think it's important, you know, because we've added a lot of listeners, advocates, friends since you started the journey three and a half years ago. So I feel like just as important as okay, where we are now is like. I'd love to kind of take a step back and say, how did we, how did we get here? And then I'll, we'll finish the podcast. We're talking about, okay, where we're going, but Justin, I'd love for you to just kind of talk about, okay, what were kind of the underpinnings of you starting this firm? And what did you want to be true of Brownlee Wealth Management when you started it? There's three things that really stick out here. Um, Fee only. So pretty obvious, but if you've listened to the show, we've talked about the fiduciary standard and we've talked about how investment firms across the country are either registered as just commission-based salesmen um, or they're hybrid firms that can tell you they're a fiduciary, but they can also put on their salesperson hat and then sell you a product and receive a commission. Or the other thing that a hybrid firm can do, they can sell you an, an investment account that their firm manages and they, that, that firm can sell out uh, to other mutual fund companies, ETFs, and, and put their client funds in whatever mutual funds, pay them the most in kickbacks. Uh, so just a very conflicted advice model. So you can be a commission, you can be a hybrid, but the way that we're registered, the way that we're organized and structured is a fee-only RIA. And so that means no commissions, no kickbacks whatsoever. So that's the starting point. That's number one. We wanted to be fee only. Uh, We wanted to be a fiduciary at all times. 
Uh, number two would be we wanted to have and, and work with a, a demographic where we have a unique expertise. And so we didn't want to work with everyone under the sun. We wanted uh, to work with a group of people who have a similar income level, asset base, tax situation, estate planning, risk management. Uh, their, their balance sheet looks relatively similar. Um, and so the vast, vast majority of our clients are in oil and gas. And the few of our clients who are not in oil and gas have a balance sheet that looks pretty similar. And so there's overlap where it makes sense. Um, and so the thought process there is, you know, let's be, I think the, the way I'd want to phrase this is let's be super specialized knee surgeons. Let's not be someone, a doctor who, hey, this person has an ankle problem. This person has a shoulder problem. This person has a heart disease. This person has a kidney issue and, and some other, you know, health related thing going on. We don't want to be a, a generalist who, who works and dabbles in everything. We wanted to provide really specific expertise and advice. Um, and I think point B with that is, Jared, something that's really near and dear to us is, and so I, I think maybe the thing I'm most excited about, about this update and you know where we're at is we're the, the current level that we've reached, we've done it in 48 or 50 clients. Um, and so point B that I really want to highlight is we don't want, to add dozens and dozens of clients a year. We actually want to do things that don't scale. We want, we want to really be careful and make sure we don't grow too fast. And I think there's you know some, some different thoughts and examples we can even give there. But number three is we also wanted to have a really different fee structure. Uh, most investment firms, so you know, real quick, I said fee only is number one. Number two is we wanted to have a really specific expertise in use that expertise on a low number of clients. We wanted to not have too many clients so that we could get better service. Number three is we wanted to have a flat fee structure. Um, and so the thought process there is, you know, there are a fair amount of firms that have chosen to go fee only, which is great. We're excited about that. We need more fee only firms. Um, I'm going to say something really blunt right now. If you are still working with a big bank or a big wirehouse or any sort of sort of hybrid advisor, you, I, I respectfully would say that you you have to be out of your mind. Um, it is it is I, I cannot imagine why someone would work in a conflicted business model today, uh, especially with the movement and you know what Wall Street Journal, New York Times, gosh, probably once a month. Every major media outlet has some story about, hey, conflicted financial advice is a really big problem and you need to look for a fee-only advisor. So being fee-only is great, but Jared, to the point about number three, having a unique fee structure, there's a lot of fee-only firms that still charge 1% of your assets every year. And one, we have a unique demographic who has a, you know, a little bit easier time getting to four or five million plus in assets over the course of their career, um, or they might be 40, they might be halfway there and they're on pace to you know go, go right past that number by the time they retire. Um, and so one, if you're charging 1% a year, even if you have cost breaks for higher amounts, it just ends up being a truly enormous amount of money. And so really easy for someone with $3 million to spend $27,000 a year 
Someone with five million, pretty normal for them to spend forty-five thousand a year. Someone with eight million, normal for them to spend sixty, seventy thousand a year, and the numbers keep going on. And so we wanted to have a flat fee structure because it's a drastically better deal for the typical demographic that we serve. Um, but then the other issue is, you know, when you think about the conflicts of interest that a percentage-based fee bring along with it, they're huge. If a client comes to us, Jared, and they're thinking about buying a rental house for their child in the college that, that, that they live in, um, pretty easy for us, right? We're going to charge them the exact same amount of money whether they buy the rental house or keep the money in a portfolio that we manage. We do, we've, we've really done a pretty good job of removing that conflict of interest. But you know, it's like you've worked in firms before that have, that have done this, and I have too, but there really is a conflict. If your advisor is charging you 0.8% of your assets, and then you've got this decision, should I invest 400000 somewhere else? Even if it's best for your family, even if it's best for your balance sheet, huge conflict of interest when your advisor has a vested stake in, in saying, no, you should not do that. You should keep the money in the portfolio. Um, any other kind of big helpful points on, on why we love our fee structure? I think that's great, right? It just like it incentivizes like a holistic approach, right? The thing with AUM is an advisor will only advise on managed assets, right? And so it creates an incentive for a client to bring half of their stuff to the table and have the advisor look at half of their situation or, you know, <clears throat> and, and just kind of self-manage some of the other stuff, right? Just having a fee that's kind of all in really makes it so you have an incentive to get advice on everything you can you can self-manage you know you, you us managing your assets isn't a requirement of a, being a client of our firm if you just want financial planning advice you know you could there's there's a way to do that uh we'd argue it's a better deal if we do manage it and we have a lot of technology to make it a lot easier than it would be for you um but it just creates a, it's, it creates an incentive for a more holistic approach and to just bring everything to the table of, hey, I want help with A, I want help with B, I want help with C, um, versus saying, hey, any any help I get with a portion of my assets becomes a, a, an additional expense for me, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna reach out to my advisor about it. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, yeah, I think I think I might do a podcast on that topic within the next couple of weeks. It, it really isn't something that we see a lot is clients that might be, you know, retiring from a large oil and gas company, maybe they have 5 million in assets and they only give a third of it to an advisor to manage. And I want to be clear, I don't blame the, the client for doing this one bit. Uh, they're looking at this thinking, well, I'm willing to pay 15 to 20,000 a year, but I'm not paying 45,000 a year. That's absurd. Um, but the end product, and we've seen this so many times, the end product is they wake up five years later and their balance sheet is just totally out of whack. Um, and then investment firms, their entire process is just get assets on the platform and start billing on them. Um, and so it just creates this substandard service offering. Uh, and so, you know, our big thought from the beginning was, why don't we just charge a reasonable fee? Why don't we charge a really transparent fee? And then let's get to work. Let's look at everything and let's ask the question, what needs to be done for this family that gets them where they need to go? What's in their best interest? Um, and I, I do think it really helps to be agnostic and, hey, we're going to charge you the same amount, whether assets are here or there. Uh, and it just removes some conflicts. And I'm, yeah, I'm really glad we set it up that way. You started the firm in 2019. I came in 2020. But I think a big part of saying, you know, we'll just I'll just touch on your 
history at Fidelity briefly is you were at a large bank, you were at a large firm and you were working with 300 clients, right? That was your, that was your book. Um, and you just realized, Hey, I, I don't have the capacity to, to provide the level of service that I want to. Um, and when you were talking to me about coming on board, you worked with a demographic and oil and gas, you know, professional slash retirees that had a lot of complexity and a lot of planning opportunities, but also on the other end that you really enjoyed working with, right? Like a lot of these families weren't, you know, they didn't want to be taken to expensive sports games or a really swanky class A office space. They, they were just diligent, disciplined savers that didn't want to overpay and just wanted to do the best thing they could for their family and just ensure that they were managing the resource that was the, the wealth they had built well. You also talked about how there was like a high emphasis on like technical competence, right? So like a lot of, a lot of oil and gas is a lot of naturally some engineers. So it's a lot of people that are more detail oriented, attention to detail, want to understand, look under the hood. So just a very fun demographic to work with, right? Because I don't think when you started in financial planning, you set out to serve this demographic. You kind of stumbled into it just being an advisor in a North, you know, in North Houston, because that's naturally who came into your office. But you realize there, hey, there's a massive opportunity. One, there's a massive opportunity. And two, I really like working with these people. Yeah, I think I think the point number two that you just hit on so well is low client count is a really critical part of, of getting value from a firm. And, you know, at my prior firm, I had 300 clients and I've worked at a couple of different firms and, you know, basically every big brand firm, if you've heard of a wealth management firm, they're probably structured this way where the lead advisor is going to be in the, in the same boat. So it's not unique to the firms that I worked at. It's, I mean, it's everywhere. Um, you know, it's, it's really normal for advisors to have two, three, four, 500 clients, um, and maybe they can say that they have a team that helps them. And, you know, we did too. Uh, but at the end of the day, you can't review 300 tax returns. You can't review 300 auto insurance policies and, and map those policies with, hey, how much coverage do I have? And are my assets protected from creditors if I did get sued? And then what's my umbrella coverage? And well, if if, if we have that risk management question in mind, should, should that influence how we decumulate the portfolio? Should you spend from certain buckets first? Because that will help you, A, from a tax perspective, but B, that can also help you so that you, you know, wake up 10 years later and your assets are significantly more protected. Um, and so questions like that, details like that. Uh, Jared, I think we you know, say that there's, gosh, 50, 60 little things that make up a financial plan. And your balance sheet is comprised of 50, 60 little things. And so having an attention to detail and an eye and a curious mind, right? And just the time and availability to look at all of those things, that's critical. And uh, yeah, I can't tell you how many firms, how many advisors are set up in this model where gosh, clients, and a lot of times clients don't even realize they're paying $40,000 a year. And yeah, none of these things are happening. Their tax return is, is they do their own tax return. It's not being reviewed. Uh, their auto insurance policies aren't being reviewed. Or even if they're at a really good fee-only RIA that promises to do these things, it's pretty common that, well, it's one of those mega national RIAs that want to give hundreds of clients to each advisor and they promise all these things, but it's really just a minimum viable delivery. And you, 
You, you promise those things to get the assets to be managed so that they can start building the assets. We wanted to stay away from that. Uh, we wanted to have an expertise and, and do that for you know a, a limited number of people to make sure that we can grow in a responsible, healthy way. One of the ways we got here is like the commitment to service. And one of the things I admire that we set up early is we, we declared, right? We didn't just say, hey, we want to provide high level service. We kind of built something into it and said, hey, we're not going to have more than 50 clients per CFP, right? As, so, you know, we're kind of building into the ethos of the firm. And right now our ratio is pretty good because we got about 50 clients and two CFPs. So, uh, you know, we, we got some room to run, but I, I think it was, you know, it was important for us to say, hey, we're not, we're not just going to talk about providing a high level of service and keep it a low client count. We're literally going to build a mechanism to protect that and insulate that. Because you're right, you know, we don't just want to be reactive planners that are available when clients have questions. We want to be like, when they're not thinking about it, we want to be thinking about it and proactively reaching out about opportunities to optimize things to consider uh, as things are updated and just really do a good job. And you can't, you, you just can't do that if you have too many clients. So we talked a little bit about the Genesis, talked a little bit about where we are today. Um, where are we going? What can listeners, clients, friends of the firm expect as we look into the horizon? You know, what, 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 we're, a few years down the road, we're having episode 100. What things do you want to be true of Brownlee Wealth Management when we give another firm update or state of the union, if you will? Oh, I love the way you framed that. Let's say we do another one of these and, you know, sometime in the future. And if we're giving some firm update, what do I want to be true? And the first thing that comes to mind is I want to reiterate those three points. Well, hey, from the beginning, we wanted to be fee only. We wanted to not have a conflicted business model. Uh, we wanted to have expertise in work with a, a smaller number of clients. And, you know, we wanted to have a fee structure that further removes conflicts of interest and, and really helps us do great work. So I, I think I do want to be reiterating those things. And maybe a more specific answer is I want to continue to really hire well and, and hire slowly and bring quality people um, into the fold. Uh, and those are some of the things that come to mind. Jared, I'm interested to hear your answer. I'm kind of conflicted, right? Because on the one hand, I know there are thousands of families that could benefit from our services and that are probably getting they're, they're probably getting overcharged and underserved. They probably don't even know they're being overcharged. <laughs> right, 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 right. So, you know, that is true, but also kind of like what to what you're talking about. I don't want to dilute the quality of our service and do that. And I want to be, I want to hire deliberately. I want to hire slow. You know, I really want it like we're in no rush, right? Like we've proven this out. Like we're young, we compared to the average advisor. Um, so like time is, time is on our side. So I'm kind of conflicted in the sense of, Hey, I want, I want growth to continue to happen, but I don't want it to be deliberate. I know I want it to be deliberate and I don't want it to be rushed. Um, that's kind of how I think about it. And then, so, you know, I continue, I want to continue to grow the number of families we serve. I also want to double down on content. I think that's something that served us really well, right? Like, as I think about Brownlee Wealth Management, right? We want to help, help families optimize wealth, lower taxes, and just kind of enjoy, enjoy their retirement, right? Um, and, 
we can do that. We can help people do that without them becoming clients, right? And I love the idea of like, not everyone who comes into our ecosystem is going to be able to afford our services, or they might be a DIYer and think, prefer to do it themselves. But my hope is that however you come in contact with us or however long you, you know, you're, or whatever you digest from us, like you're slightly better off and better positioned to live your best life and use your optimize, uh, use your finances to optimize it, right? Like, so I really love the idea of continuing to produce content that's helpful, that meets people where they're at, um, and then pushes them a little further in the direction of, you know, financial competence, financial independence, financial clarity, right? Um, So I think doubling down on content and continuing to do it uh, is also something that's valuable. And then the third thing I would say is just doing things that don't scale well, right? Like, paying attention to the details, doing, you know, we rolled out for a select portion of our clients last year. We, we, we teased out tax letters to kind of help with the tax preparation season. So just continuing to ask the question, how can we be better? I think is great, right? Like if, if I'm, we're also thinking about rolling out an app this year. Uh, so, so that's something exciting we haven't coming down the pipeline, but like if, if you ask a client of our firm every year, Hey, did the experience get a little bit better? oh yeah, they made this improvement and that improvement. I hope every year that that's true, right? And I don't want to bring on clients. Like if we bring on clients to the to the point where we're bringing on too many clients or it's, it's all happening too fast where a client can't say, where we can't make the client experience better every year, I think we're growing too fast. So I, I definitely want to grow, expand our reach, expand our content, all that stuff, um, but also just make the client experience better every single year. So how I don't know what the optimal rate is. And, you know, this part of business is just slowly figuring it out. I like what you said there. And yeah, I, I remember two years ago, we added those estate planning one page summaries that really mapped out in in not percentages, but real dollars. Hey, from these six accounts, each of your three children would get this amount of money. Um, and talking through that and having those conversations of, hey, um, one, are you okay with those numbers? Are, are your children in a place where, where that would be a blessing instead of a curse? Um, and so, and yeah, then we did the tax letter. So I, I love that, Jared, trying to tweak things each year to make the client experience better. Um, you know, one thing that really came to mind in, in terms of this is just the topic of hiring. And, you know, I think about Nathan joined our team uh, about a year ago or so, and it took a long time to find Nathan. But now that we're on the, the other side of that, I'm really glad that it took a long time. And, you know, this is kind of inside the world of Brownlee Wealth Management. But those were some painful, hard months we went through. Um, we had too much work. We were too busy. Um, and I remember, gosh, for a good six, seven months there, we actually turned off taking on new clients. And so that was kind of this difficult period with a lot of work. And, you know, it, we're just thinking, I mean, do we really want to turn off new clients and implement a, a sort of wait list? Or do we just want to, you know, keep going full throttle pedal to the metal? And I'm really glad we paused new clients for a period of time. And we made an excellent hire. And, you know, obviously, Nathan's just an, an enormous asset. And I, I think that is an area that, again, we want to kind of lean towards things that don't scale and things that make our clients' financial lives significantly better and, and put us in a position to add massive value to the families we serve. You touched on this a little bit, Jared, but it's kind of the idea that we're not in a hurry. 
You know, we we bring on a client with the general thought that we're probably going to work with their family for 30 plus years. Um, and so we don't, you know, we're not in a hurry to go bring on a bunch of clients right now today. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, but man, it's been a, it's been a fun ride and I'm looking forward to, uh, to many, many more podcasts in many years ahead, serving our, serving the families we work with and making their lives better. But we'd also love to hear from you listeners. What do you hope is true of Brownlee Wealth Management in 50 episodes? What future ideas do you have for episodes? Oh, or I know an A player who could be a great asset to the Brownlee Wealth Management firm. If any of those things are applicable, we would love to hear from you. Podcast at brownleewealthmanagement.com. Thanks. We'll see you next time. And we appreciate you following along. Talk soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. You can subscribe or connect with us at brownleewealthmanagement.com or send ideas for future episodes to podcast at brownleewealthmanagement.com. Thanks, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Nothing discussed during this show or episode should be viewed as investment, legal, and tax advice. If you have questions pertaining to your specific situation, please consult the appropriate qualified professional.